boy, you must really need some entertainment in your life, and we technically qualify as that. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We're Melody and Foreman in the Morning, and coming up, we'll let you know where Melody has been. The freaking clinic, Foreman, was ridiculous. <laughs> where a former host of Global News Morning has been. It was my first, what do you call it, Shotsky? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Wow, you really did your homework on me. Nova Scotia's only matchmaker is here to help a woman who doesn't want to admit that her husband is right. Manipulation. <laughs> and what it's like to be denied a $10,000 jackpot by Tim Hortons. Do I think I'll ever see the money? No. Do I think they should pay up to me and the hundreds of others they've done it to? Yeah, they should. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Jane Eagleson. Hot Country 1035. You're listening to Melody and Foreman on Hot Country 1035. I'm not sure why, but have fun. <laughs> hi, you're on Hot Country 103.5. Who's this? Oh, hi, stranger. Who is this? Oh, it's Mel. <laughs> Sorry, not you're, not familiar. Your favorite uh, coworker who you haven't seen in in what feels like a million years. Yeah, it, it's been so long. You're going through puberty. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that's all I were going through right now. Well, yeah, because we're supposed to be Melody and Foreman in the morning. So tell us, what what have you been going through? As it turns out, uh, this whole week I've been sick. I I started getting sick on, well, my daughter was sick first on Tuesday. And she had like a 103 fever and she was lethargic and had like a cough. And so, you know, you're taking care of her the whole day. And then, of course, you start feeling sick because that's just the life of a parent. Uh, and then the next day, I had a 102 fever and a uh, bad cough. But, of course, she's perfectly fine at this point. Uh, and mine just kind of kept getting worse. And the whole week, I just kept thinking, like, am I just going to suck? Do I just have this bad cold? Like, suck it up. And even my husband's like, come on, you're fine. Stop coughing. And no... I went to the clinic finally yesterday, and it turns out that I had bronchitis, and now I have pneumonia. What's your doctor? Because, I mean, you're pregnant. You're 24 weeks pregnant. You have yeah. a family doctor. What's the deal there? Could you not go there last week? Well, I the thing is that last week I was like, oh, I just have a cold. You know, like last week I'm like, oh, I'm sick, but it's a cold. Also, you can't go into my doctor if you have coughing or difficulty breathing. So just in case it's COVID. Oh, what? You so you're going to go see your doctor when you're perfectly fine? I know. It's, <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense. So I had to go to the clinic. And I went to four different clinics. And the freaking clinic, Foreman, was ridiculous. Nary a mask in sight, apart from the one on my face. And to the left of me, there was another woman sitting who was coughing even more than I was. And, like, snorting and, you know, all those various gross sick person sounds that come from your body. Of course. No mask. And she wasn't even covering her mouth when she coughed. It was so, I was just, I was so sitting there just like, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. <laughs> and then to the right of me, there were two women who were just, like, you'd think they were having, like, mimosas over brunch, just loudly talking and laughing and swearing watching videos at full volume. At one point, they took a FaceTime call where they were both talking oh. on it. Like, I, just, I was like, what? You go, what are you doing? And then <laughs> I had a little cough at one point. Again, I'm wearing a mask. And I still did the, you know, cough into your 
your arm thing, even though I'm wearing a mask. And then the woman leans over to her friend and, like, discreetly, but loud enough that I can hear, says, I don't want to get whatever she has. I guess I have to put a mask on now. You're at a (laughs) clinic waiting room. What has not been great has been the fact that uh, I needed to ask my husband for um, absorption underwear. Pardon? Well, I'm 24 weeks pregnant, as you know, and coughing an awful lot, and they're very, very intense coughs when they really happen. Oh, boy. He said, diapers? <laughs> like, um, they're not diapers. They're not diapers, per <laughs> well, se. They're <laughs> you might say it depends. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, they're made by depends. Well, as always, this has been a delight. <laughs> yes, great. I'm so glad. <laughs> I miss you guys. Well, I miss you. There's no other you guys. I miss you. I miss the listeners. I miss, I miss, miss, yeah, I miss you guys. We need, we need you to be chipper and, and have this well behind you by uh, the very least next, by the time next Friday rolls around. Of course, St. Patrick's Day. We have Irish heritage to celebrate. At the old triangle. I know. I can't believe we scored that. <laughs> can't believe they're letting us in their establishment. Well, they might not if you still sound like this. Well, <laughs> I'll work on it. <laughs> it happened to Luke, who's a paramedic in Moncton. It's happened to Sarah, who works at the hospital in Kentville, and it's happened to Scott. Uh, Scott is here right now. Scott, uh, Scott's here right now, actually, from Nebraska. How are things down there? Snowstorm, actually. No way, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, you've, you've had quite a week. Um, you're a long-haul truck driver from Kentville. Uh, you must have got a coffee before you set off for going to Nebraska, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, a two-part question. Did you ever think you'd go famous? And if you did, did you think it would be for this? Uh, no, not for something like this. <laughs> Blown up a little more than I thought it would. I just, I was annoyed and put a post up, and my son wanted me to make it shareable. I didn't think it would go as crazy as it did. Yeah, you have over 3,000 shares and almost 700 comments at uh, this very moment right now. Because you are part of the quote-unquote small subject of loyal customers that were mistakenly told you had won a $10,000 American Express prepay card in the roll-up contest. Yeah. And then how long between you got that notification to the follow-up message that said, Oops! Our bad. Um, you didn't win ten thousand dollars. We'll actually give you a fifty dollars Tim card. It started what uh, roll up started Monday on the sixth. Yeah, and uh, I was in uh, Alberta, and I was on my way to the U.S. And I just stopped, grabbed a coffee because it's going to be five days before I got another decent coffee. So I grabbed it. I forgot all about roll up, and I'm an hour from the border. I'm like, oh man, it's roll up. So I had to update my app, right? Yeah. And launched the app, a new app, and roll up in the same day. So I roll up my first thing that says, boom, winner, $10,000, to be ver- to be verified. So I took a screenshot. I Honestly, I thought it was a glitch. Right at right the get-go, I just this is a glitch. <laughs> who thinks you're going to win $10,000, right? Like, you're too nice, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I emailed them three times Monday to, for, you know, how do I verify this? Like, what's going on? And all I got was canned computer response. Emailed again Tuesday, same thing. Uh, Wednesday evening, I get an email from them saying, oops, our bad. 
Here's fifty dollars, though. Yeah, and not even fifty dollars. Like fifty dollars no. to only spend at Tim Hortons. Yeah, if, if that's how you want to treat loyal customers, I'm done with you. Right? And if you can ask any one of my friends, like when I plan my routes across Canada, I generally stop near Tim Hortons because I start my day with one. Do I think I'll ever see the money? No. Do I think they should pay up to me and the hundreds of others they've got it to? Yeah, they should, but they won't. Like they say now, officially, it's a small subset of customers. Do you have any sense of how many people may have also got the same message? I've, I've heard everything from 150 people to a thousand people. And for a company that I mean, they do make about a they made about a billion dollars last year. Yeah. How much does it really cost them to save face, make good with you, keep you as a loyal customer, and get a crazy amount of good PR out of it instead of what they're getting now? And you look at their last five years, their PR hasn't been the best anyway. This <laughs> no. This going to help. Yeah. The court of public opinion is worse than any court there is. Oh, but Scott, come on. They said they, they pride themselves on delivering an exceptional guest experience. That's right. Have you been in one? <laughs> well, I try to avoid the bathrooms. Yeah. Yeah, well, we have a we have a friend of our on our show here in Halifax who's called in before and ranted about stuff. Her name is Sharon, and I hope you can hear this because, as she would say, the unmitigated goal. They have the unmitigated goal (laughs) to pride themselves on their guest experience. Yeah, and I don't want the fifty dollars. I really don't. You know, and I've had people tell me I'm ungrateful for thinking that way. Ah. You weren't the one who rolled ten thousand dollars, and then they say fifty dollars for you. Yeah. You don't know how it feels. It's a kick in the stomach. If a lawyer were to reach out, if there is some sort of class action situation that develops amongst you and everyone else that was told they're winning $10,000, would you participate? Oh, absolutely. But you got to look at the last class action lawsuit. Also, it just happened last year. Like, I know. Uh, with all our information leaked, private information, we all got a free coffee and donut. And I know several people who have texted us. Uh, thank you, Candice, Michael, and Josh, who all have a similar sentiment. Uh, if they would have just stuck with the actual roll-up cups, we wouldn't have this issue. You wouldn't have this issue from a roll-up-the-rim cup. And if we still had the roll-up-the-rim on the actual cup, this never would have happened. Brittany in Kennecook, thank you very much for texting. Uh, absolutely not. Tim's has to own their mistake and give them the prize. Yes, the $10,000, not $50 you can only spend at Tim Hortons. Uh, Jason and Lance says, I definitely would not accept that $50 gift card. It was their error, and they should honor the $10,000. Jessica, you have an analogy for this situation. So I felt it, it seemed like, well, for one, I... I there's going to be a lawyer somewhere, several, I bet, that is going to take this as a class action and fight to get those people the money that they were told they won. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I don't, I don't care about the asterisks. It's just like waving an ice cream cone in front of a toddler and telling, it, telling them it's theirs and then saying, oh, sorry, my fingers were crossed behind my back. And that means it's not really yours, but, but here, have this soup cracker. There's a taste of something, but it's not as sweet. And it's not really for soup. So there's, it's only for soup. So there's no point in really trying to use it elsewhere. And you can only use it for the soup that we make. Right, exactly. <laughs> You're right. That's exactly it. Yeah, sorry. When my fingers are crossed, it means I'm lying. So you, if this were happened to you, and they say, here's your $50 Tim card, what what would you be doing? I'd tell them to shove it up their ass and give me my $10,000 American Express visa. <laughs> what do you do when you don't want to admit that your husband was right? Well, you tell the radio station. 
And we have Nova Scotia's only matchmaker here to help out with all your dating and relationship advice, Geneva Dickey from the Book of Love Canada. And we're going to try and help out this person right now. It's a quarter after eight. And Geneva is our date. And we need you now. We're knocking on your door. Let us in, cause it's time for Dear Geneva now. Dear Geneva, my husband has been a know-it-all for a lo- as long as I've known him. But he's actually right a lot of the time, although I don't like to encourage him. He has warned me several times that he thinks I'm taking a big chance parking my car on the street when I go to work in the city. But I tell him to stop worrying about it and that it's perfectly safe. Well, yesterday I came out at the end of the day and someone had smashed my rear bumper. I don't want to tell him because he'll never let me live it down. Should I just swallow my pride and admit that he was right? Or secretly get it fixed? Or should I tell a white lie that it wasn't parked on the street when the damage happened? What should I do, Geneva? Oh my gosh, this actually happened to me once. I love that this is the question. <laughs> and because this happened to me once. It oh, was so no. funny because I was I used to work down in the South End and I used to park my street on Young Avenue where all that traffic would come up from Point Pleasant Park. And I remember my partner saying, you shouldn't park there overnight. Like, take it over to your street. And I was living on Bland Street at the time because that's like a private residential street. People don't just go whizzing through there. And I'm just like, you don't know what you're talking about. Well... Didn't my car get ridden off by getting destroyed from behind in the middle of the night once? And I had to call him up and I'd be like, babe, you were right. Can you come pick me up? No way. Yes. Wow. Well, you know, funny enough, this has also happened to me. (laughs) Has it really? Yes. Bit different of a situation, though, and and especially if if Ashley's been listening to the whole setup of this, she knew this is possibly one of the reasons that drew me to this question we got. Because what do you do? Yeah, kept coming back a couple times. Yeah, this this woman does not want to admit that her husband was right. Don't park on the street or it's going to get smashed. And it did. Once upon a time, my wife Ashley worked on the main street of a town. And so she would always park on the street, in front. I never actually thought anything of it. I didn't, didn't bother me one bit whatsoever. One day she comes home with a huge hole in the rear bumper. Oh my gosh. How did that happen? I have no idea. <laughs> Someone must have done it while I was parked on the street, while I wasn't w- looking, and then drove away. It looked like a trailer hitch had gone through the back of the bumper, and then someone pulled away. Well, isn't that unfortunate? Now we got to make sure, you know, we got to get it fixed and got to make sure you don't park there anymore and all that. And we're all on the same page until years later it came out that it wasn't because she parked on the street. It was her backing into a tractor at the horse barn while she was riding. <laughs> and she lied for years and everyone who knew lied to me for years. But she lied to make sure that you knew that you were right? I think she didn't she didn't want to have to hear about how she was wrong. Oh, I see. And I feel like that might be the situation now. But when this woman is asking us, should I just swallow my pride and admit that he was right or secretly get it fixed? Or should I tell a white lie that it wasn't parked on the street when the damage happened? Because he'll never let me live it down if he knows the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if he finds out the truth later, that's when he'll never let you live it down. <laughs> 
Well, it's true because when I called my partner and I said, and I remember specifically saying, you're right, I just got rear-ended by something that destroyed my car. Can you pick me up? That was the end of it. He didn't rub my nose in it. He just, like, went into hero mode, came and picked me up, drove me around for two weeks while we were looking for a new car. And we haven't even brought up the fact that I didn't listen to him at all. (laughs) Right. You're free and clear. You're not letting her live it down because she lied. Exactly. It's not about the hole in the bumper. It was about the years-long lie. (laughs) And you felt so foolish because all the friends were lying to you, too, and you just felt like the foolish husband. Yeah, to find out, oh, everybody already knew except me. I'm the only one who didn't know. Okay, so basically, to the person that asked this question, you have to tell the truth. Otherwise, he's going to talk about it on the radio to anybody (laughs) who will listen again decades later. Who's this? Hi, it's Scotty Collett. Scotty! <laughs> it's Scotty! Come Scotty! He's got a rockin' little buddy! Oh, Scotty, Geneva's still on the line. Can you hear her? Can you hear me okay, Scotty? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah! Okay, awesome. Perfect. Cool. Okay. Well, first things first, happy uh, International Women's Day. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, appreciate, the, uh, appreciate the show every week. It's awesome. Uh, secondly, <laughs> I'd like to apologize for last week's call. I was over-caffeinated. <laughs> so I have to say, uh, about this situation, really, again, honesty is always the best policy. Unless, unless, if she waits till he falls asleep, and then puts his car right up against the rear bumper of her car, <laughs> when he gets up in the morning, he'll think he slammed into the back of her car and smashed it. And he's like, oh my God, you know, then he gets to feel bad, and... She gets to go after him about it, even though, you know, so it's really, it's a win-win. No. Manipulation. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a healthy part of any relationship, right, Geneva? Oh, yeah. The big M word. <laughs> Always remember the big M manipulation. Exactly. And if you flip the big M over, it's W for winning. <laughs> <laughs> Our special guest, she's she's graduated from Dal and Acadia, the valedictorian of uh, your class at NSCC. You even won an award at NSCC for your investigative journalism. <laughs> wow, you know a lot about me. You've done the news. <laughs> you've done the weather. You've done the global news morning show. And now you're here as an entrepreneur for International Women's Day, started your own business. Uh, Elise Hand is here. Hey, thanks for the introduction. And hi, Foreman. It's great to be here. And yeah, happy International Women's Day to all of our listeners out there. And it's so great to be back in like almost a co-hosting capacity, although yes. I am no Melody Rose. Melody and I are actually really great friends. We go way back and she is amazing and we miss her here on the airwaves. And I did hear the interview you had with her earlier and she does not sound good. So I wish <laughs> no. her a speedy recovery. I know she's is it pneumonia? Yeah, it's a, the bronchitis <sighs> that's, that's turned into pneumonia. Wonderful. So I've thoroughly sanitized the seat you're sitting in. <laughs> though you're because you're in, you're all Melody right now. You've got her headphones. <laughs> everything's been wiped down. I swear. I'm the blonde version of Melody today. But yeah. nobody can fill those shoes. Melody's the absolute best, and we wish her you know speedy recovery for sure. A- absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know when you you how long did you do the Global Morning Show for? The Global Morning Show was actually my shorter stint in television. That was oh. three years, but that was during COVID. So you yeah. know how that is. It felt like a decade, but mm-hmm. you know, we did a lot of things in that time. We really changed how we did the show.
show, of course, we started to do virtual interviews and that really changed the game for us in a good way. You know, there were a lot of positive things that came out of it. Uh, And then prior to that, I was in public relations for a year and we'll get into that. But that sort of started my interest in media training. And then prior to that, my longest stint in television was at CTV Atlantic. And I was there doing everything from, like you said, weather (laughs) to reporting. I rolled the teleprompter to start. That was my first gig. Yep. Wow. Murphy back in the day. That was how I got in the door. And then I remember one day, I think I was a month in and they were down a reporter. They knew I had on air experience because I'd worked in community television the year before. And they said, would you be interested in doing our top story tonight? And like, can you imagine? I'm like 22, freaking out, going, I don't know if I can do this. You know, total imposter syndrome. And I jumped in and did it. And that was sort of my my foray. And I would spend the next, you know, foray into into television. And Mm -hmm. I would spend the next eight and a half years there. So it was great. Is that like, it seems, sounds like one of those moments where you're completely terrified, but you say, yes, of course I can do that with all the confidence in the world. That's, isn't that, you know, that is it. (laughs) That is how you succeed in life, right? Sometimes you're not comfortable and you've got to jump in and do it. So that's exactly, I can remember how I felt. Did it go well? It wasn't the best, Mm -hmm. you know, news story (laughs) in the world, but it certainly put me out of my comfort zone. And I encourage whenever entrepreneurs or anybody, females, males, anybody in journalism asks me about, you know, how to succeed. That's what you do, right? Mm -hmm. You get out of that comfort zone and you jump in and you don't want to do it and you're scared as heck, but you do it and you you show yourself you can do it and it makes the next thing easier. Yeah. I I mean, we're going to talk about what you're doing now and why you're not on Global anymore and why that was your shortest stint. I wonder if... I mean, possibly the hours of the day may have led to your decision to not want to do it anymore. Yep. Um, but did co- how much did COVID play into it? Because I, I, from being on the radio and stuff during yep. that time, um, people could get really mean with you, especially newscasters, <laughs> and they would really take you to task over the simplest news yeah. story that had anything to do with restrictions and mandates and vaccines and yep. masks. I'm glad you brought that up. So the answer to the question on, on the early mornings, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't miss getting up at 3 a.m. I mm-hmm. don't know a lot of people who love to do that. <laughs> Some people have to do it, and I commend them. Nurses, uh, first responders, my goodness, mm-hmm. you know, love them and all the utmost respect and and just incredible what they do. And then a lot of journalists too, you know, and, and, and broadcasters have to do that. So I don't miss the early mornings. Um, and in terms of COVID, I, you know, I never, I didn't leave the industry because of, you know, I'll, I'll say it, like there were, you know, a lot of trolls that would come out. I think a lot of people had a lot more time on their hands yes. too. And, you know, that's how news was being disseminated. It was it was really people were getting it access to it really quickly online. And that sort of that that sort of non-traditional media really picked up, too, during COVID. So, yeah, you know, I I don't find it's not certainly not the reason I left. But yes, if to answer your question, there was more of that negativity. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time we were we actually had like, you know, to be honest, we had like almost like a hate mail section to that we had to yeah. we had to flag some of people who were writing us because there were threats and things. It was the first time I had got a company wide email saying, if you feel threatened, if you feel like your life is at risk or you're not comfortable, please let management know we we're going to deal with this. So, yeah, it was a little bit of a scary time and, and a lot of uncertainty when that was mm-hmm. going down. But it wasn't. No, it certainly was not the reason I left the industry. No. And maybe maybe something to clarify for some people, uh, us in the media. We uh, don't all uh, collaborate on how we're going to present stories because we're in competition against each other. And uh, so far in my career, the government has never given me a script. No, you know, they've never paid me. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I know it's it's it, and a, a lot of people truly believe that. And I mean, it's 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 something that 
uh, I'm sure you and I, we, I, I dealt with it pretty much every day is government is behind what I'm saying on air. And, you know, it's really frustrating. And that was never the case. And uh, I would never work at a place that ever, ever made that the case. So, yeah, it's an interesting, um, you know, it's an interesting thing that we have to navigate as journalists, right? Yeah. But now you you have this brand new venture, uh, all positive now, all very yes. positive. This is your quote when you, because you, there were stories done about you, which is pro- must have been kind of nice to be the one who tells the stories and then there's a story about you. Yeah, that was that in a totally, un, you know, totally I was taken off guard by that. I, you know, when you get earned media and that's what I do now, I, I teach people how to get earned media, how to how to get on the radio like we're chatting right now, how to get on TV, how to get in the newspaper and how to do it effectively, how to pitch to media and really leverage the power of media. But you're right. It, it's it's a tricky thing. And, you know, you've really got to be able to know how to navigate that landscape. It is changing landscape, especially in 2023, yeah. in the last decade, things have changed. I've gone on a tangent now and I forgot <laughs> what question you asked me. But uh, but yes, the, the landscape has certainly changed. What did you ask me? Uh, I was just going to read, read, a, read a quote of something else you said. Oh, okay. Wow. You, how do you have all this stuff on me? Oh, you asked about earned media and how I got that. That was awesome. I, yeah, there was an article in all Nova Scotia and uh, Nova Scotia Buzz. Yeah. Shout out to them. They they were really, and you don't ask for that. That came naturally and organically, which helps so much in those early days of me getting my business off the ground. So I'm so appreciative of that. Because we know you. We love you. We oh. miss you. We're sort of, where, where's our favorite I'm morning right show here. person you're going? You're sweet. You're sweet. You're, someone's paying you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's really nice. Uh, I do miss it. I uh, figured that you must be somewhat of a fan of country music already since there's a video of you uh, with a fireball ski on our Hot in the Harbor cruise on Instagram (laughs) from last summer. Oh, my goodness. Are you sure this is me? I think, well, that's right. I think it's, it's yours. coming back to me now. Yes. It's hard to remember those evenings. Yeah, I no, understand. I remember <laughs> it. I remember it. I think that was my first, what do you call it? A shot ski? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Wow. You really did your homework on me. A little bit. Because yes, I think that is on my Instagram, isn't it? Yeah. That was the first ever shot ski. And yes, I was there. And yes, Hot Country 103.5 was sponsoring that cruise. It's, yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. That was fun. Actually, funny enough, I used to work back in the day before television. I used to work on the Harbor Queen and the Harbor Hopper and Theodore no. Tugboat. Yeah. So that and going. Theodore Tugboat. I was a tour guide. That's that's how I got into storytelling and wanting to, you know, tell stories and share stories and, you know, entertain. Uh, that was my first job. I was 15 and I was a tour guide on Theodore Tugboat. And then I started to do uh, the Harbor Hopper tours. Wow. My sister was a guide, too. So I I kind of followed in her footsteps, so I always have to give her a shout out. She kind of is a part of this whole journey and uh, and process as well. But yes, the Harbor Queen, it was very nostalgic for me because I had spent so much of my youth <laughs> on the waterfront, hanging out on those party cruises wow. and doing things like that. So that was a really fun night. I took, uh, with, uh, when I went with my family, like we have two girls, they're five and nine. We went on the Harbor Hopper for the first time last summer. Yes. How much of your stories as the tour <laughs> how, guide are true? How many times have I been asked this question? <laughs> like every time, probably? Well, you know, I really, I did pride myself on, we, we were, were given a harbor hopper. It's called the Bible. Okay. This was back now. This was like early 2000s. But you're given like this do a tang of like 70 pieces of paper. And it is all historical, historically accurate information. 
It's a little bit of embellishment. Yes, it's a tour. You got to have fun. But every time there was something embellished, I would I would always make sure to say, we're kidding, we're joking, we're joking. And then everybody would kind of roll their eyes. But yeah, my favorite story to tell is always, is always the Halifax explosion story. Not that it was a good story by any no. means, but people who came from away had no idea what happened here in Halifax and how much it rocked the city to its core, literally. And, uh, you know, that was something I always remember that I thought, I really, really enjoy sharing this story. And how can I turn this? Like, I can't work on the Harbor Hopper for the rest of my life, <laughs> some fun as that would be. But how do I turn this into a career? And how do I really, you know, tell stories that really inspire people and 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 share knowledge and that's sort of how I really got, you know, my, it was, I didn't know it at the time, but it was my first kind of step into the direction of journalism. Yeah. And now from journalism, you've gone to entrepreneur. You're starting your yes. own media training business called On Cue Communications. That's right. Yes. So, yeah. And how that all came together was, and people say, did you just decide one day to start a company? No, not at all. <laughs> um, this was something that was in the works for many years. I was thinking about it and talking to my close circle about it and, and mentors and, and business owners. And I, I, like I said earlier, if, if, if those for those who were listening a few minutes ago, I, I was in public relations for a year in between my stint at, at CTV and Global. And it was in that time I started doing media training. And it's this really powerful training. I think so many people can benefit from it, but they don't really know it's out there for one. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, people always ask, what are you, you know, what are you doing now? What is media training? And, it, and what it does is it, it shows people how to leverage the power of what we're doing right now of media, yeah. right? Uh, this is a great tool for marketing yourself. And I think people like yourself, Foreman, you need storytellers to come on with you. And everybody's got a story. Everyone's got a message they want to share, whether you're starting a business or you have something, an important cause to you. So what I do is I teach you how to not only leverage the media, how to get your foot in the door so you can have these opportunities, yeah. uh, how to pitch to media and how to build those relationships. But I also teach people how to then prepare their messages. So when they come on camera or they come on radio or, or in their interviewed for the paper, they know how to share those messages effectively. Because it's really different when you're having a conversation with somebody on the street yep. versus you've got three minutes on TV or on radio or, or with a newspaper journalist to, 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 to share your message. And I also show people how to how to look and sound their best on TV and on radio. So that's a, that's sort of a, the three sort of parts of what I do in my training. I'm also doing some emceeing and moderating and co-hosting. I actually uh, co-hosted the International Women's Day uh, Center for Women in Business breakfast yesterday. Yeah. The Halifax Marriott, which was so fun. We had about, I think, close to 400 people in the room. It was wow. packed. So I'm doing that because I got to keep that. I love, you know, I love this. I love speaking. I love sharing stories and, and doing that. So I'm doing that as well. And yeah, I'm having so much fun with it. It's It's been really great. I think that's a good distinction to make because if you hear, okay, Elisa's doing uh, media training, it's not because it's not necessarily if you want to be someone talking on TV that's or right. radio. It's if you want your business talked about yes. on TikTok and TV and radio and in articles. That's right. And that's really, I'm glad you brought that up. I am doing, I'm sharing with some schools and, you know, uh, both university and, and in high school students sharing sort of my experience and how I got into television and how you too can make that that step into going into uh, broadcasting or journalism. So I'm doing some of that, but I'm also, what I'm really focused on too is teaching groups and individuals in the private and public sector and not-for-profit how to, again, leverage media, how to look and sound your best. And we do mock interviews too. So what oh, we yeah. do is we, we create a real-life situation 
situation, maybe like a crisis communication situation or what have you. And we, we, we film you and we do an actual interview so that you're actually in that scenario. And that tends to be the most nerve wracking part of the training for people, but also the most fun and rewarding because you're actually seeing the tangible change and you're seeing that you're, you're, you're getting it right. Yeah. And you're, 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 we then critique it and look at it and we do it again if we need to. And so that really shows people they can do it. It gives them the confidence so that when they're in this situation, they're going to rock it when they're in front of the camera or in front of a mic. It's on cue communications run by Elise Hand. I'm just working for myself, but it's funny. I'm working with so many amazing uh, people right now. Center for Women in Business, by the way. I got to give them a shout out because I didn't even know about them like a year ago. And then they sort of uh, came across my radar and you basically sign up and it's a it's a year long membership. If you're a female entrepreneur or anybody can sign up, but it, it offers you amazing, amazing resources, networking opportunities and coaching and and educational training. So I say that because, you know, I'm, I'm working with uh, doing a session with Eleanor Beaton right now, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with who she is. She's this powerhouse entrepreneur who teaches women how to scale their business and to really have confidence in what they're doing. And I'm doing a pitching uh, a pitching uh, program with her right now virtually. And one of the things she was talking about the other day is, is when to know how to grow your team. So right now I'm just one person. I'm just running this by myself. Yeah. But I hope to be. And maybe Foreman, you're the next hire. You know, you never know. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to grow the team. But right now I just, you know, I just launched the company two and a half months ago, officially. So it's really new. So I'm doing, you know, I'm just so full on with work right now and doing that. But that's a good thing. And it means yeah. that eventually, yeah, the team will have to grow. It's amazing. And it's terrifying. And hats off to you for making that leap from like a normal, you know, salary, full-time job to your own business like that. Because I, it's something that everyone probably dreams about to some degree. But then you think, man, that's going to be too hard. I'm not doing that. Yeah. And, you know, I'm learning a lot about that. I'm not going to lie. It is hard. It is really, really hard. <laughs> yeah. It's challenging. I've had some really, you know, stressful, hard days. It's also really rewarding. And you can't just do it like on a whim. That's that's the advice. I think I said this earlier, but I'll say it again because it's so important. You've got to plan for it. You know, this was something that, again, I had thought about for several years, having done media training in my past in a, in a job. I knew that I was good at it. I knew that I have the experience. I've worked in a newsroom. I understand media. I live and breathe it and have for 16 years. So I really was uh, really, you know, I had a process in how I went about this. I did the R&D, the research and discovery. I did, you know, the market research. I figured out a business plan. All that has to happen before you launch a business. Yeah. And, you know, I'm in a place too where I don't have kids. You know, everybody's in a different place in their life where you might have those responsibilities and it's and, and dependence and it's harder to do that. So you got to really weigh out where you are in your life if it's the right choice. And it, it isn't. It isn't for everybody. Get on Q Communications. Uh, look them up. Where's the best way to get in touch? On QComs.ca. I'm also on Instagram, uh, right on QComs, and you can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn and all the things. We have no Melody because she's off sick. Hopefully she'll be back Monday. Uh, we're uh, employing the uh, special talents of Amy from the Morning Surge with Jeff and Amy on Surge 105, where Halifax rocks because they're in the room next door. Hey. You're also uh, stuck over there by yourself, so it's nice to have human interaction, right? I know. Look, I, I don't even know where to look right now. Your eyes, I'm like, oh, wow. Just piercing me. <laughs> yeah. Well, these are all the uh, headlines in the news this week that we can't make up, but we can at least round them up. How many are from Florida? Because I'm going to Florida this week, so I'm a little scared. <laughs> 
Not as many as usually, actually. Okay. So yeah. Oh good. We're gonna start in Halifax, actually, with right. one Halifax man, five robberies, 46 charges. Wow. A lot of stuff. That sounds like a great yard sale, though. <laughs> Uh, according to police, Ontario man who pulled over to give a young boy candy had pure motives. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't like that one. That's a cringe one. <laughs> he was celebrating National Random Acts of Kindness Day. Oh, no, That's in a black van? <laughs> white van. Oh. No windows, <laughs> you know. A UK man gets abs tattooed on his stomach to be summer ready. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's brilliant. German woman says she's in an intimate relationship with a Boeing 737. Yeah. Like, at, like full on physically intimate. <laughs> <laughs> so she's part of the Mile High Club for sure. <laughs> Brazilian cop punches woman for hogging weight machine at gym. <laughs> Man supposed American bulldog rescue bites him and laughs because it's a hyena. <laughs> How do you not notice the difference? How do you not? It's a little Mr. Magoo thing happening there. Right? I used to make fun of my grandmother because she used to bring in stray cats all the time. And once I swear <laughs> to God, it was a raccoon. I was like, Nanny, what are you doing? That's a raccoon. It's legit a raccoon. <laughs> Get it out. <laughs> L.L. Bean, now selling lotion made from lobsters. How? Get your lobster lotion. What? I have so many questions. Okay, this one I did click on the article. <laughs> it's the glycoprotein that's drained from lobsters during processing that helps lobsters heal wounds and regenerate their claws. Oh, yeah. Have any claws to regenerate? No, I got some other things that can eat some re <laughs> rejuvenating. Uh, to Florida we go. Oh, no. Florida man attacked by gator oh, waiting good. outside his front door. Oh, no. How does that not happen every day? I don't know. <laughs> Florida motorcyclist blows through red light, flips off cop, T-boned by truck. Oh. He's fine. He's fine. Don't worry about him. He's fine. He actually tried to run away after. Oh, my God. <laughs> How do you think you're going to run away after that? I don't know. Oh. We have a few more headlines uh, in the news this week left that we can't make up, but we can round up like naked Virginia woman breaks into home, attacks man with frying pan. <laughs> Man who calls himself Dolphin Dave cited for harassing dolphins in Hawaii. <laughs> How do you harass a dolphin? Leave it to Dave. <laughs> NASA fixes solar observation spacecraft by turning it off and turning it back on again. <laughs> oh, if only we could do that with our equipment here. I know. U.S. National Park Service warns that despite what you've heard in old jokes, Never push a slower friend down in a bear encounter. I saw that and I was dying. It's one of those things like, you know, when you see a sign and you're like, hey, I wonder what happened here to make that sign. I wonder how many times that happened. That's oh, I should have. There's another news story from Toronto this week. They put up a sign at a dog park that says no barking. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Your dog will be escorted out if he barks. What's the point of the park? <laughs> and finally, in headlines this week, we can't make up. Quebec judge rules flipping someone the bird is a God-given charter and shrine right that belongs to every red-blooded Canadian. May we vive le Quebec!
go back to my station and use all of your stuff that you just said. I'll copy and paste it for you. <laughs> Geneva Dickey from the Book of Love Canada is there every Wednesday. If you would like her to handle your dating and relationship questions, concerns, problems, you know, send us a DM. Email us at melodyinformant at hotcountry1035.ca. But because you're here on International Women's Day, we are playing music from only women all day long. But Geneva, I want to talk about you being this entrepreneur running this business, the Book of Love Canada, because that's not what you started out to do in your adult life. No. So it's kind of interesting because I am fully educated in being a geomatics engineer. So I have all the education and five years experience in a completely different industry. But when I always knew I wanted to own a company, number one, because I'm a horrible employee, and any employer that had me knows that. I have apparently an attitude. I don't know. But um, I needed to own my own business because I wanted that freedom. And so I never thought it was going to be matchmaking. Never even crossed my mind that it would be matchmaking, actually. But I was having a really lonely summer, and I wanted to meet men, and I didn't want to go online dating, so I started hosting speed dating events. And then the entrepreneur came out of me because the speed dating events were doing so well. I was like, oh, my gosh, this could totally be a business. And then I introduced uh, matchmaking to it, and then I introduced coaching to it. And now it's this full-fledged business that has completely taken off in an economy where matchmaking has never been successful. So I'm, I'm really blessed to have found this industry and purpose specifically. All because... You organize full-fledged public speed dating events to find someone just for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wanted to date, and I wanted, wow. like, how can I date men organically? It's like, let's create an event where they come to me. You know, work smarter, not harder. That's what I always say. That's so smart. <laughs> so just dangle the carrot, and they'll come running. Yes, exactly. And I'm also very lucky that... Um, the industry that I ended up being in is a female industry, too. So that's one thing that's really powerful, too. Like, being in a geomatics engineer, I was, const- I was in a male-dominated yeah. field. When I was in, you know, northern Alberta and B.C. in those camps, there was one camp where I was one of five women with 300 men, right? Uh. So it was actually quite uh, refreshing to get into an industry where it's women-led. What exactly is geomatics engineering. Yeah, so that was making maps for seismic oil exploration. Ah. And if I can say one thank you, because it's International Women's Day, when I was in that industry, I would love to say thank you to the pioneer women back in the 80s that used to go up to those uh, camps prior to health and safety, prior to women being able to walk into that industry safely and comfortably. Like, I can only imagine the state of those camps and the state of whatever it is that they had to put up with. And they were the pioneer women to get that started because by the time I went up there, yes, there wasn't many women, but it was organized and set up that I could go into that career and, um, and be successful. Do you miss doing that work? 
Um, I do, I do miss actually making the maps and working with the technology because that was really quite cool. Um, it was hard to build a life though when I was flying out for two months here, um, you know, down to the States or up north or what have you. It was hard to build a life. And so, um, and also being employed by somebody was never something that I was good at. I didn't like to be told what to do in <laughs> any way, especially employment from a boss. So entrepreneurship, um, and being my own boss, especially as a matchmaker dating coach, just completely transformed the freedom that I have in my life. And honestly, the happiness I have in my life too, like to be able to do my own thing. I have never been happier in my entire life until I found this industry. And that's why we have you on every week because you're so incredible. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for, you know, fielding and giving uh, expert advice for free for all our listeners who write all these questions to you too, by the way. Oh my gosh, bless their hearts. Whatever I can do. Like sometimes we don't even, you know, I think we all technically know the answer. And if you look at your comments, like there's a whole bunch of dating coaches in there, right? Everybody knows the answer to these questions. It's just getting somebody to tell you that that's the answer and that that's okay is is really nice. You're creating a lot of competition, perhaps. (laughs) Come for me, bro. Come for (laughs) me. This ruling in Quebec, man, it, it, it affects every single Canadian. It stems from the case of two West Island neighbors who don't get along. One man gave his neighbor the one finger salute. Well, today, a Quebec court judge ruled that making that gesture to an obnoxious neighbor is a God-given right and is protected by the Constitution. Here's the rest of this actual story. According to the ruling, back in March of 2021, the defendant, Neil Epstein from Beaconsfield, was arrested and charged with criminal harassment after he flipped two middle fingers at his neighbor, Michael Nakachi, who had threatened him with a power tool. That's right. The guy who did the threatening with the power tool is the one charging the guy who flipped him the middle finger in response. Nakachi claimed Epstein had been harassing him and his family for months, but during the trial, the judge says his own video evidence contradicted his claims and showed that he had in fact been the instigator. In his ruling, Judge Dennis Galeazzos did not hold back lambasting the complainant and the prosecution saying, to be abundantly clear, it is not a crime to give someone the finger. Flipping the proverbial bird is a God-given, charter-enshrined right that belongs to every red-blooded Canadian. It may not be civil, it may not be polite, it may not be gentlemanly. Nevertheless, he continued, it does not trigger, trigger criminal liability. Offending someone is not a crime. It is an integral component of one's freedom of expression. Citizens are to be thicker skinned especially when they behave in ways that are likely to trigger such profanity. (laughs) Then in his conclusion, the judge riffs on the expression to throw out a case, saying cases aren't actually thrown out in the literal or physical sense. Nevertheless, in the specific circumstances of this case, the court is inclined to actually take the file and throw it out the window, (laughs) which is the only way to adequately express my bewilderment with the fact that Mr. Epstein was subjected to an arrest and a fulsome criminal prosecution. Alas, the courtrooms of the Montreal courthouse do not have windows. Needless to say, Mitsumi, the judge, was not impressed. Uh, yeah, I would say so. (laughs) Like, couple things here. Get Judge Dennis a TV show. Like, he's the new Judge Judy, absolutely, right? 
And secondly, you know, I actually think, I don't think it actually went to court. So it wouldn't count as precedent. But we've all seen this situation before. Hey, Griswold. <laughs> where do you think you're going to put a tree that big? <laughs> Bend over and I'll show you. <laughs> You've got a lot of nerve talking to me like that, Griswold. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> Text 902-425-1035. Write Melody Informant on socials. Or email Melody Informant at hotcountry1035.ca.